How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Good evening, Kansas City. Welcome in. It is the Therese Paler Show. Alongside Therese Paler, I am Brandon Kiley. We got Dusty Likens producing this bad boy tonight. Therese, how you doing, my friend? BK, my man, what's going on with you? I'm doing well. I saw you yesterday. Yeah. You're patrolling the uh, the locker room like nobody else can. <laughs> How'd you enjoy that game between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? Oh, I loved it. I think we're starting to get to the point now where you know, Patrick Mahomes is an incredible player, but, like, nothing he does surprises you anymore. So, like, I just kept finding my eyes, you know, get drawn by Lamar. And I'm just like, you know, Lamar, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is clearly the best player on this field. Like, are we taking this for granted a little bit? And then typically he does something else to make you go, wow. Even if it's just small, like the play action pass with the extra flair he had hiding it. Um, this guy's 24 years old. It's going to be so fun watching him continue to grow as a player. So coming up on the show today, we are going to get into that Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes uh, matchup. Therese had a great column on it on Yahoo Sports that you can check out right now. We will talk about that coming up here in just about 15 minutes at 6.30. I think we should take a look at the defense because CDOT said something today that I thought was fair. It was a crit- critique of something that I said earlier in the day. I want to get Therese's thoughts on the defense and what we saw yesterday as well and then at 645 we'll go around the NFL but I do want to start with Patrick Mahomes because he is in my opinion not only the story of the game yesterday he's the story of the NFL so far this season Mm -hmm. if you look at what he's done Patrick Mahomes has 1175 passing yards through three games the next closest team in terms of total passing yardage Mm -hmm. in the NFL is the New England Patriots they have 934 it's about 250 yards behind what the Chiefs have done so far this year the difference in passing yardage between the Chiefs and the Patriots, who are second, is the same as the difference between the Patriots and the Denver Broncos, who are 22nd in the league in passing. We're not talking about just a small difference between the top two teams in the league. It's like you go from Patrick Mahomes to the second best passing offense, mm-hmm. and then you go from them to Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are we watching here, man? I, I, I have lost ways to describe what we're watching with Patrick Mahomes and he's just in his second season right now. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean, it, great stats, first of all. Second of all, it's the evolution of pro football. Like, right before our eyes, it's the evolution of the pass game. Like, look, we we know that Bill Belichick is smart, right? He's throwing the ball around. Like, there's a reason why they're, these smart coaches are doing it. And then just think about how much more efficient the Chiefs have been at it. It's not just because of Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid is both. And, look, the Chiefs are barely running the ball. Like, I mean, look, they – they're running, but I feel like if any of these have been losses, people would have kind of been like, oh, why aren't they running? It's just been so efficient. And I think that now more than ever, it makes sense to throw the ball like this. Like the rules are just completely tilted in the passing game's favor. Smart teams are throwing the football until it starts getting cold. Then they line up and smash them out of you. I saw a great note from Daniel Jeremiah, who's at Move the Sticks on Twitter. He's the color commentator now for the Chargers. Does a lot of draft stuff for mm-hmm. NFL Network as well. First half play mix for the Chiefs. Week one, eight rushes, 20 passes. Mm -hmm. Week two, eight rushes, 26 passes. 
Week three, eight runs, 25 passes. It flips in the second half. The Chiefs are running a ton in the second half. And that's obviously because of the halftime scores, 23-13 week one, mm-hmm. 28-10 Chiefs in week two. And then this week it was 23-6. to Chiefs were in the lead. What I'm going to be really interested in is if this week they go into Detroit, and let's say it's a close game at halftime. I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily expecting that, but let's say that it is. It's mm-hmm. 23-20 at half. Mm-hmm. Chiefs are going to keep their foot on the gas. That's mm-hmm. one thing that we haven't seen thus far is there hasn't been a team in the first three weeks of the season that actually made the Chiefs keep their foot on the gas. And when they do, I have no idea what Mahomes' numbers are going to look like because he's averaging 300 yards right now in the first half in these three games. Yeah, Mahomes is incredible, obviously. But, yeah, look, they're going to continue to throw the football like this, especially with their running backs being, like, dinged up. I just – with all the speed they have and they have a quarterback that – Here's the thing. You can try to throw the ball like the Chiefs. Like, you can try to do it, but your quarterback's not Patrick. So, Mm -hmm. the thing is that it makes the most sense to throw like this because he doesn't make reckless throws. He doesn't turn the ball over. Like, a lot of quarterbacks, if you throw as much as the Chiefs do, you're going to get, like, some of those turnovers. So, like, imagine, like, Jameis Winston throwing the ball like this. Right? Like, those are game enders, but, like, Mahomes really doesn't have them. And I think that's part of the fact that makes it so efficient and it's not really duplicable. You know, it's, it's hard to duplicate, right? Just because you have this special quarterback in an era where you can't get physical with receivers and uh, you can't really hit the quarterback either. Like, what are you supposed to do? So, look, right now this is good. We do know the game starts to change when it gets a little cold. You know, it's going to be really important for them to continue to develop other parts of the offense because what you don't want to do is – you know, if you end up having to play the AFC Championship game on the road, like we know it's cold in Boston in just January. Or oh, you're saying that's probably but where it would be? <laughs> if, if, or it could be Kansas City. Sure. Well, guess what, though? It's cold here, too. Absolutely. Right? So, like, you, you better be able to, like, run the football, too. But that's something that you can really – you can polish that as the season goes. But, like, to be clear, if you're going to win the Super Bowl, you do have to – you got to be kind of complete. You kind of – you got to be able to hurt teams, like, in multiple ways. Because if you, if you don't, Like, New England can take away some of your past stuff. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think the thing that we have to watch as observers, as fans of football, like, let's watch the different ways that Andy attacks defenses over the next several months because it's it's not going to look the same just like this as far as how they do it schematically as it will in November. One thing that's really impressed me, Therese, is last year we saw Patrick Mahomes really elevate and I think maximize what he was going to be able to get out of Mm -hmm. great players. Mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, we had seen them be great in the past, right? Those were guys that even with Alex Smith as a quarterback, were putting up really, really impressive numbers. Mm -hmm. We didn't really see Mahomes last year elevate the games of guys like Chris Conley or Demarcus Robinson, or now you bring in a guy like McCall Hardman. This year, Demarcus Robinson had an unbelievable game last week. This week, you see McCole Hardman going over the top. You see Daryl uh, D- the Barrel have a big game with his running game and going outside with the passing game as well. I've been really impressed with what we've seen from the secondary pass catchers this year. Mahomes has seemingly elevated those around him that aren't necessarily the Tyree Kills or the Travis Kelseys in a way that I don't know that we saw last year. Yeah, this is, the, this is what's special about um, the quarterback, like the special ones make all these guys look great. Um, and I look, I, I think Patrick did a little bit last year, but not to this degree. Like guys like Demarcus Robinson and guys like, 
you know, I, I mean, Robinson is in a contract year, so he's, he, you know, he's doing it right. But like, what you still, say about the contract? It's here? undefeated, never <laughs> lost. It, that's real now. But at the same time, one thing I will say, like, you know how like I knew Patrick was gonna be good. I'll never forget his first training camp here. I was still a beat writer for the Chiefs, um, covering the Chiefs at the Star, and like he when he was a third team guy behind Tyler Bray in, in, in training camp, like in St. Joe. There were practice squad receivers making plays. And I was like, the the third string receivers, the third string offense is moving, Jack. And I said, you know what? He's like throwing guys open. He's making these guys look great. Um, and in a way, I hadn't seen other third string quarterbacks. Like, I never saw really Aaron Murray do that or any other Kevin Hogan, whoever you want to name. Um, and I think the more experience he gets, just the more you're going to see that from him. Um, and that's a, that's a real advantage for the Chiefs because if you think that's more Patrick than it is the receivers, you can just save on that and just draft young guys. Because, you know, if you if you think this is more Patrick than the receivers, DeMarcus Robinson on the open market, someone's going to pay him. But if you if you think it's Patrick, you don't have to pay. You save money there. And yet another reason why people talk about, hey, I don't want to pay the quarterback a ton of money. You know, you don't want to pay an average quarterback a ton of money. Yeah. You don't want to pay an above-average quarterback a ton of money. But an elite guy like this who's 24, just set the record and be done with it. and Just know you're going to be set and have a real chance to win a Super Bowl, basically, no matter what. One thing I love about you, Trez, you're you're somewhat of a football historian. You can kind of put a lot of this stuff that I'm watching, and I, I, I can't put it in context. I've never seen anything like this. Like, my reference point was always Aaron Rodgers because when Aaron Rodgers came in and I watched him for the first time, I was like, this is one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. It's not I've a bad reference seen. point. You know? But I think this is better than what Rodgers looked like when he yeah, first came it in. It, and so I, I, I got to ask you, Therese, like, do you have another reference point for this? Because Mahomes was amazing in year one. I do. He's just, better. Just, just this. Just not in play style, because Rodgers is a good one, but Mahomes, it's like Mahomes does what Rodgers did in his prime better. It's so, <laughs> Which but, is, feels impossible. I'm just yeah. talking about from the advancing the game, doing things people haven't seen before. Sure. Just from that aspect, it's the 99 Rams, the 2000 Rams. That offense never fell off. They kept slinging it. And is Dan Marino in the early 80s. Remember, like, back then, you know, there was still offenses where the receivers were lining up in a three-point stance. And here's Dan Marino throwing for 5,000 yards, 1983, right? So, like, obviously it looks different, but we're talking about um, progressing the game from a scheme standpoint. That's what the Chiefs have done. Look, man, every time Andy Reid does something new, half the league is running it in two weeks, right? Yeah, that Sammy Watkins play, here's, here's, everybody's running that now. Right, but that's not it either. Like, here's the thing. Like, I, I watch all these games. You know what I see? Like, in every game I watch, jet sweeps, yep. ghost fakes, um, swing passes, um, RPOs, all this stuff that Andy was, like, really in front of on the NFL level. So, yeah, look – it. It's like they're all. It's not. It's not just they have this comedic schematic advantage. It's also Patrick Mahomes. So you're right. Like I think that's a really good point. Like we haven't like seen it look like this before. But just from a advancing the game strategy perspective, it'd be 20 years ago the Rams, and then 20 years before that the uh, the Dolphins and the way they slung it around with uh, Dan Marino. And kind of going to that point. I think Andy Reid's as good as we've ever seen in the NFL in terms of a coach that is able to take advantage of every blade of grass from 
one side of the field to the other, from left to right, mm-hmm. horizontally. Mm-hmm. I think Mahomes and what kind of unlocked the offense for Andy Reid is that Mahomes can do that vertically as well. Because with Alex Smith, you were taking oh. advantage of everything horizontally, oh, yeah. but everything was within 20 yards of the line of scrimmage. Now, Mahomes, you see a guy like McCole Hardman going on a on a fade route, going on a, just a streak. You have to defend it. And now lot. you have to defend it yeah. 80 yards down the field. So you're defending every blade of grass all the way to the end zone. And sideline to sideline, you got to go everything. I, I don't know how you defend this offense. I really you don't. See, this is why Andy was on Alex to keep pushing it downfield. This was, a, I mean, some of this stuff is the same stuff they drew up back then. The quarterback just didn't let it rip like this guy, right? Like, here's the thing. Again, the league has gone in this direction where it's just difficult to keep up with the offenses that are well-designed and have a lot of talent. So if you make them defend every blade of grass, good luck. You know, that's why, like, it was so interesting. Remember last year um, in the preseason when Mahomes threw the ball that went 60 yards and 70 yeah. yards in the air? And people were like, ah, it doesn't matter. It's the, you know, it's the preseason. And it's like, no, that actually does matter. Like, there's like one or two other quarterbacks in the NFL, well, like the other one being Josh Allen, that can get to that point, that can throw it that far. And like when safeties know that, that basically eliminates a safety on a lot of situations because they have to play that deep part of the field and like respect it. And you add like Mahomes' ability to like elude trouble and then like throw from weird angles deep too. What are you supposed to do? It really, like, limits the coverages defenses can play. It limits their aggression. Um, And it makes offense easier. I hope Chiefs fans, like, really enjoy this because you don't – I mean, it's a generational offense. It really is. And, like, when when this stretch here is over with Andy Reid, it might be another 20 years before you see another NFL team, let alone the Chiefs, put up points and throw the ball and advance the game like this. He's Therese Paler, one of the best NFL writers in the country. I'm Brandon Kiley. We've got Dusty Likens producing this thing. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Coming up here in just about 15 minutes, we will take a look at the defensive side of the ball and what have they have improved and what they have not improved, at least when it comes to the numbers. We'll do that coming up here in just about 15 minutes. But coming up next, it was the matchup of the week. Everybody was talking about it. Therese Paler wrote about it. Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. It lived up to the hype. And I don't want to undersell just how big of a win that was for the Chiefs. We'll do that next. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show. He is Therese Paler, one of the best NFL writers in the country. You can find his work at Yahoo Sports. I'm Brandon Kylie. Dusty Likens is producing this bad boy. 69306 is the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line if you want to get involved in the show. So the matchup of the weekend by basically everybody's account was Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. In my opinion, Therese, I think this one lived up to the hype. I mean, Lamar Jackson comes in, he throws up a couple of prayers, and you can say what you will about them. They come down, and they Mm -hmm. end up being completed. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just that. It was also the escapability that he had in this game. He made a couple of Chiefs defensive players look silly (laughs) as they were attempting to tackle him. What was your big top-line takeaway from this matchup between two of the better young quarterbacks in the league? Look, I I don't want people to get in their feelings about Lamar Jackson. Like, Everyone knows Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. And, like, we can appreciate that and know that while also appreciating the fact there are other guys in the league that are pretty good, too, and young and talented. Um, 
I was a little surprised to see that from Chiefs fans a little bit. I think, um, you know, like I get it. Like, but no one's coming for Patrick Mahomes. Like everybody knows he's probably going to win the MVP again. Um, it's okay to give Lamar Jackson some credit for being an amazing escape artist. You know, he's not Patrick, right? He's not going to throw the ball nearly ever as well as Patrick. But, you know, I've been on this kick because I really want people to understand where the game is going because it matters to me. Like, the game of football is moving. It's almost like flag football now in a lot of ways. Look, it's still a violent game, right? But, like, the passing game, again, is easier to throw than it's ever been. Like, they, if you have a quarterback who can do stuff, escape trouble, run around, make it a sandlot game, that's how you win now. Especially if you have a young quarterback who's still learning how to read coverages and stuff. You know, guys that can, quarterbacks that can make plays, it's a hell of a thing to have. I mean, look at all the young quarterbacks in the league right now. Like the ones that people all actually think are good. Right. Josh Allen can right. do that. Kyler Lamar Murray Jackson can do it. Can do it. Right. Kyler all Murray. these guys can do it. Mahomes. Even Deshaun Dak Prescott Watson. is doing it. Deshaun. So there's a common Carson theme Wentz. here. Right. They Carson Wentz is awesome at it. Yeah. Right. So there's a common theme here. This is where the game is going. So it's okay to appreciate the fact that Lamar Jackson, this is Alex Okafor's quote. He's like, he didn't just put the sauce on him. He put him in the blender. He did it a few times to a few different Chiefs. And those th- those throws like weren't like they weren't like near, they, <laughs> they weren't like John Wick throws, but they're an example of like Mahomes makes. But they're an example of hey, run around, do stuff, give your guy a chance to make a play. He can do that. Um, he's also been better as a as a passer. You know, I, I feel like the whole Lamar is a running back thing is really disrespectful to what he is. You, I've watched his first two games. Like I watch a lot of tape. That's not an accurate thing to say. Is he Patrick? No. But, like, Kirk Cousins isn't Patrick. And Kirk Cousins made $100 million in his career. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks that aren't Patrick. There's some very good all – Carson Wentz is not Patrick. Dak Prescott is not Patrick. Even Russell Wilson is not Patrick. So, like, it's okay to, like, understand you got this elite jewel, the most valuable player in football that you take in any – no matter what game you play, most valuable, most efficient, blah, blah, that's who you got. So that's okay. Let's appreciate that. But, no, like, I, I think, like, Lamar Jackson's going to give them a chance. And I think he's only going to get better as the season goes on. And I will tell you this, BK. There's one thing about him that really makes me feel really good about him, and it's how much his teammates love and believe in him. That's a real thing. I talked to many Ravens during the course of the game, I'm sorry, after the game, and all of them were like, that's our guy. We've taken on his personality, you know. Um, we believe in Lamar. The fact that we know we're never out of the game with him, like, lets us keep playing hard. You notice they were down 30 to 13 yeah. and they made a comeback. So let's appreciate the fact he, he is a quarterback and I think he's going to be a special player. He's still very young, too. You know what I loved about what how the Ravens approached that game? And I think we're going to see this in the future. So that's why I want to bring it up. They were going for it on every fourth down. Mm-hmm. If it was manageable, if they were on the 40 plus, they were going for it. I kind of like it. I'm not I loved lie. it. Oh, I, you like it? Okay, yeah. That, I kind of like the, it. That is the correct way to play against this Chiefs team. Can you guess why I say I like it? Because if you give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes at the 50, it's no different than giving it to him at the 15. What's the point? They're going to score. What's the point? So right? go for it. Extend your drive. Keep running the ball the way you do. Take that time off the clock. That's the way you can beat this Chiefs team. I don't know that it can be done. We'll see. It ne- you somebody's going to do it. Ultimately, have to some do point. it. Right? Yeah, somebody's going to do it. And it's, that's it's also the this, right BK. way to go about it. And it's also this. Again, it's never been easier to move the ball. Like you just look back in the day. Like you know, 
it's bounty time. Like Patrick Mahomes, you know what? You know what Greg Williams would say? You know, <laughs> hit the head, the body of fall. Mm. Like they would hunt him. They would hunt him. That's what they would do. Can't do that anymore. So what are you supposed to do? See a fourth down, whatever. You know, you know you can't stop Patrick Mahomes. Hey, we're going for a fourth and two. We think we can beat this defense, especially when you have a running game as sophisticated and varied as the Ravens. It's a really beautiful thing to watch the way they block the run. Go back and watch the Mark Ingram touchdown run. Uh, I think it was to the right. I can't remember which quarter it was in, but it was like a zone scheme. And, like, Marshall Yonda – actually, just look at my Twitter. I pointed it out. Like, Marshall Yonda climbed the second – he blocked two primary players on one play, which is really, really difficult to do in the NFL. It's damn near impossible. Yeah. And the Ravens really have tough. a really good coaching staff. John Harbaugh is a really smart guy. And it was on full display on, on Sunday because that's what you team. should do. If you're going up against the Chiefs, I just want to reiterate, like, that's the way to do it. You go for it on fourth down. You try to get as many points as you can. The two-point conversions, I understand some of it's confusing. But when you have smart people explain it to you, it makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. they were doing the correct things in that game. And somebody else is going to do that. Maybe it's the Lions. I'm not sure that their coaching staff is smart enough to be able to follow that plan. But maybe it's the Lions. It very well yeah. may be the Colts because I know Frank Reich yeah, was going to look at that and he's going to say, Frank Reich's an elite that's coach. what I'm going to do. He's good. The Packers might follow it. You could see the Chargers follow it later mm-hmm. this year. I, I wouldn't be stunned if the Patriots follow that plan. Like, those are things we're going to see moving forward the Patriots, against the Chiefs. The Patriots will follow it in January. They, they, they save all their stuff against the Chiefs in the regular season. It's crazy. Like, Bill Belichick, like, when he knows Andy's got a good team, he doesn't pull out all his stuff until it matters. Last thing I wanted to get to on the offensive side of this game and kind of, like, looking at a big picture in terms of what it means moving forward, I don't want to undersell just how big of a win that potentially could be for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Because moving forward, Therese... I wouldn't be stunned if by the end of the year we're saying the Ravens are pretty clearly the third best team in the AFC. And I think at this point we can safely assume the AFC North is not going to be what we thought it was going to be. The Browns aren't as good as I thought they were going to be. The Steelers stink, it looks like. And the Bengals were never going to be any good. So the Ravens look like they're going to take down that division. And let's say that the Ravens end up 12-4, and 13-3, mm-hmm. which is possible. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs end up around that similar record. It's very possible Sunday could end up being a tiebreaker between the two. So I don't want to undersell just how big of a win a that was point. yesterday. Yeah. It, I think the AFC is like wide open after the Chiefs and and, and Patriots. They're the clear they're the two best teams in the league, period, right? But um the number three spot, whoever's gonna have to come to Arrowhead um in the divisional round, you know, you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna like have played well against them. You want to have good tape against them. You want to challenge them so that they have to call their best stuff. Like, I think it's going to help in that way. And you're right. Like, who knows? Like, all it takes is one injury for, like, the Ravens to be in the mix to finish even higher than third. So, yeah, you definitely want to have that tiebreaker over them. You know, I do think there's definitely a sense from both squads. I heard this from multiple, multiple players that they'll face each other again this year. Like, they know that. Um, The Ravens are especially resolute about it, but – the Chiefs also told the like a lot of Ravens players that so like this is a team you're gonna see again. It's it's gonna be um, that'll be a nice win in your pocket. Um, and also, how about this? I also think it's good that they know like firsthand what like 2019 Lamar looks like. I think that's important so that now they understand that in space you better swarm this guy. He will make the first guy miss. And the Chiefs still have an ace in their pocket with. Tyreek Hill. Absolutely. Going to be back in that next one. So, like, they showed off a lot of stuff in this game against the Ravens. But 
they still got their best receiver. Their oh. potentially best weapon outside of Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. is didn't play in this one. Didn't He's going to be back in the next one if they play. Yeah, and you got to remember, they're, they're moving the ball like this with teams focusing in on taking away Watkins and Kelsey. And De- Demarcus Robinson, these running backs, they're getting theirs. That you don't understand when Hill comes back, that frees up Watkins or Kelsey to 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 get these targets that Demarcus is getting. It's amazing. Like so, as long as they're healthy, when it matters, it's gonna be tough to stop these guys. It's Therese Paler, one of the best NFL writers in the country. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Dusty Likens producing this thing for us tonight. Six nine three zero six is the Protein House. Eat with the Purpose X line to get involved in the Therese Paler show coming up here in 15 minutes. We'll go around the NFL with our bills looking like a playoff team. They got the Patriots coming up next week. Want to talk to Therese about his bills and what they're looking like right (laughs) now, but coming up next, let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball because I'm a little concerned at this point about the run defense, but there was one thing to be positive about for this game Mm -hmm. and the full season on the defensive side of the ball. We'll do that next. It is the Therese Paler show on 610 sports radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show. He is Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Dusty Likens producing this thing for us. Coming up here in just about 15 minutes, we'll go around the NFL. Therese said he's all in on the Bills, so we'll get his take on them coming up here momentarily. Nobody circles the wagon like my Buffalo Bills. <laughs> they're fun to watch my man they're fun to watch we'll get into that coming up here in 15 minutes or so plus the two games this weekend that were just baffling to me and i don't understand either Mm. side of them so we'll get into those coming up here in just a minute but i do want to look at the defense here therese because i thought that was as much as mahomes was the story of the game we knew mahomes was good we actually did kind of learn some things about the chiefs defense on sunday as well Mm -hmm. the secondary looked pretty good for most of the game Tyron Matthew made some plays. Yeah. Defense overall this year has a lot of 61 quarterback rating against Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson completes a total of seven passes to receivers. Two of those were the prayers that went over the top. The secondary looked pretty good. Let's start there for you, Therese. What was your take on the secondary on Sunday, and where do you have them at right now? Would like to see, like, the heaves not get completed, but... (laughs) Turn around, maybe? Yeah, but... I also think, like, good quarterbacks, for whatever reason, those kind of plays seem to work for them. So, like, I don't know. Probably wouldn't work against Jameis or, you know, Marcus Mariota. I bet that. But I digress. Like, look, I like what Tyron Matthews brought to this team. Um, more than anything, I'll tell you, like, one small area, even beyond the field, that, like, you can just tell he's about leadership. You know, Ty is 100% about, like, being accountable. Like, he's a guy that will hold court he, as long as he needs to hold it in the locker room after. He's, like, willing to kind of be the voice of um, not just the secondary but the defense. Um, guys, like, look to him. Um, like, he kind of puts himself out there to be that. And then as a football player, he's there. He's, like, you know, he he's, like, there around the ball. He's I can notice his presence as someone who's watched this team for six years now. Like, I'm just telling you, when he's on the field, I do notice it. I, I um, wanna, and i also tell you this. Yeah. Breland, Bashad Breland. I've been pretty happy with him. I I think that guy is totally playing He's like physical. it's a contract year. And he is. Like one thing about the Chiefs corners, I'll point out, these guys will come up and hit you. Like I appreciate that. Like there was a period there that wasn't like <laughs> but like these guys are hitting because Bashad Breland's paying for money too. 
right? And Fuller's paint playing for money. Charvarius Ward's playing for money. Like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, these guys have every motivation in the world to be complete football players. And I'm going to be honest. We already know what Juan Thornhill is. I'm pretty happy with the secondary, even though we know it can be even better with Both one Claiborne more addition. Back in a week, too. That's right. Like, they've gotten through it, man. I wanted to kind of re- kind of build on one thing that you said there about Tyron Matthews' leadership. Because I thought there was a really interesting point that he made after the game. I don't remember who it was to, but he was talking and he somebody asked him about how he'd become the leader of the team. Mm-hmm. And he was like, listen, I know a lot of people look at me like I'm the leader of the team. I want you guys to know this is Pat's team. Mm-hmm. I'm a leader of the defense, yep. but this is Pat's team. Yep. It's a really small thing. It, it, maybe it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but that mindset, I think, does matter. Yeah. I think the mindset in the locker room of the yep. leader of the defense saying, listen, I want to lead this defense. I want this to be my unit. 100%. But he gets it. this is Pat's team. He's 24 years old, but this is mm-hmm. his squad. I think that really matters in a big way. Well, he better get it because, you know, there's nothing changing that Patrick Mahomes is the leader of this team. Like, you know, part of the reason that Marcus – that they, they traded Marcus was to kind of clear the way for Pat to have the strongest voice in the locker room. Because Marcus was pretty influential with his teammates, a lot of them at least. Um, not all of them, but a decent chunk of them. Um, and y- you wanted to make sure there was an easy runway for Patrick to seize the role that he has, not just because he's a special player, but because the Chiefs believe he's a special person. And I, I think that's true too. You know, he's somebody that has not rested on his laurels. He's got a really good way of like kind of being able to get along with everybody, which is important. But one thing I think, you know, is interesting is that, like, there are times, like, he'll – he's pretty verbal, too. Like, he's got – he's grown into that for sure. We saw like, that Sunday on the yeah, field, too. Yeah, exactly, with Austin Ryder. So, like, they're <laughs> – you know, he'll he'll get after you, too. Like, so the, the point is, he's the reigning MVP. He's a really likable guy. You know, he has to – like, but anybody you bring in has to understand that the quarterback is the alpha dog. And it actually makes it easier to get it when the guy's, like, a good dude. So, like, yeah, I mean, I would hope that they don't think that, you know, hey, I'm coming in. I'm not, No, like, they know that their best chance at a Super Bowl is because of 1-5, period, in the story. I wanted to get on the negative side of things. I'm you not trying that. to be Debbie Downer. Listen, like, this Chiefs team is good. There I are Chiefs fans doing that. Saying, That's like, fine. Let's do it. The team is good. The offense is amazing, one of the best I've ever seen. The secondary has been better than I anticipated, and I do think the improvements from Mm. Juan Thornhill and Tyron Matthew especially have really helped there. The run defense is allowing 6.5 yards per carry this season. Yeah, let's talk about it. No other team is averaging 5.5 yards per carry this season. It was in my column. Let's talk about it. The Chiefs are allowing 2.5 yards per carry after the first guy touches the ball carry. Yeah. The Chiefs are giving up a first down in one out of every three rush attempts this year. That's 31st in the league. That has to improve because last year when they played the Patriots, when they played the Seahawks, when they went up against the Ravens and the Chargers, the Rams, all of these teams knew what they needed to do against the Chiefs. Yeah, and it manifested itself at the wrong time. And the Chiefs couldn't stop it. And so that has to improve. It has to. Like, I know people here haven't forgotten, like, what it looked like in late January when they came in here, the Patriots came in here. It was was kind of cold. It was a night game. And then the Patriots just came out running Michigan's 1999 offense. Yeah, hey, here's a fullback. Here you go. Dive. Let's go. He's hurt, by the way. He <laughs> can't do it this year. He's out. He's on. That's, that's, uh, that's all right. Listen, listen. listen um, Belichick's got like 40 more of those guys. Okay. <laughs> so, like, no, I think you're right. And that was actually even in my column, too. Like, look, when the Chiefs win, like, yeah, I'm not going to be that critical. Like, that's the point to win. 
But please know, other teams will take note that you can get stuff on these guys. If your quarterback's a guy that can run around and make plays, like that's something that you'll think about. Like, okay, let's how Lamar did it. Let's see what we can do. And also this, Mark Ingram ran for three touchdowns. The Ravens ran for 203 yards. Okay, and they were running gap concepts. They were running zone stuff. I mean, they were getting it up the middle. So, yes, is this an area they better get better at? Yes, because, again, you don't see teams throw the ball like this when the weather changes. So I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer either. I'm just telling you, like, what they know they got to improve at. And I will say this. This is where, like, the help at corner comes in. Like, the corners have been good. But, like, you bring in another guy, um, you know, that allows you, if you feel really, really great about the coverage, to bring an extra guy into the box in certain situations, which makes all the difference in the world. So, you know, even bringing in another corner won't just help you in the passing game. It'll help you in the run game. Too. I would also add that I think last year they were helpless against the run for the entire season with no real mm-hmm. belief that it was going to get better because I don't think they had the players to get better. I do think the players are better this year. I like what Damian Wilson has brought to the table. He oh, he's been fantastic. Like, I think that guy's pretty good against the run. He's been flying all over the place. I think Okafor is pretty good against the run. I, yeah. I know Frank Clark's pretty good against the run. I, they've got the players to be able to do it. It's just a matter of actually getting it done. And So there's a belief for me, yeah, I, and we'll see, but there's a belief I, that it can get better. Last I, year, that wasn't there I think for scrutiny me. is okay. Like, let's have some, Any football team, they're going to be scrutinized. But I don't have, like, the sense of foreboding that you had in previous years. Like, I'm out there, and I'm watching some dogs get after it against the run. Like like you mentioned, Okafor, there were a couple plays. Like, yeah, Lamar put him in. The, but, like, he was still, like, he was amazing. He even got out there on certain plays. Frank Clark refuses to get reached. He splits double teams. He's a really good player against um, the run. Um, I think linebackers got to be more disciplined, even though I really like. Like, they, they're working on their eye discipline. They're working on their, working on their gap integrity. Also, how about this? Also love the fact the corners come up and tackle, you know? Like, yeah. all this stuff matters. And Thornhill's been good in that respect yeah, as well. I, like, there's nobody out there that's like, yeah, that guy's not really giving it up. No, they're all giving it up for the team. So, there's not the sense of foreboding about it like I've had in previous years. He's Therese Paler, one of the best NFL writers in the country. He joins us each and every thir- Monday night at 6 o'clock for the Therese Paler Show. I'm Brandon Kylie. Dusty Likens on the other side of the glass. Coming up on the other side, we finish this thing off by going around the NFL. There were two games on Sunday that I just didn't understand the results for. We'll get into it coming up. It is around the NFL on the Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show. We just got about 15 minutes left. It goes too fast, my man. It goes way too fast. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. We got Dusty Likens producing this thing. Coming up here in just about 10 minutes or so, I want to get some of your questions. 69306 is the Protein House. Eat with a purpose text line. We'll get them in for Therese Paler. I know we've got a couple in already that Therese wants to answer. So we'll get to those coming up here in just a minute. But first, let's go around the NFL because there was a lot that happened this week, Therese. Let's start with your squad. My Bills. The yeah. Buffalo Bills. They're looking like a playoff team right now. They're 3-0. and They got the Pats coming up next. Pats are going into Buffalo. Buffalo's a seven-point early favorite right now in that one. What have you seen from your squad so far this year? They look pretty good. Well, the defense is as good as we thought it was. I mm-hmm. think the Bills compete defensively, and they hit. They've also created turnovers. Um, and offensively, I think Brian Dable's done a great job building an offense around Josh Allen. Uh, now, he, has to, he still makes – some bad turnovers, but he cancels them out with some amazing plays, too. I also really like uh, the run game. Frank Gore, Devin Singletary, 
you know, these guys have done a nice job supplementing the pass game. I'm in on the Bills. I think, you know, I think that the way this season started has really laid the groundwork for them to win a wild card spot. I think they've got a good shot at this point, especially because the AFC looks like there's nobody huh. really stepping up. So I think they've got a great shot at at least getting a wild card Definitely. this season. Next game I wanted to get to, we're not going to talk about the Dolphins. They don't deserve no, our time. But no. we can talk about the Cowboys. The Cowboys yeah. dominated them the way that you would expect them to against a team that bad. I think Dak Prescott is the story coming out of the first three three games of the season for the Cowboys. He looks really good. The scheme Definitely. has been great for him. Would you put him in one of the MVP conversations at this point early on in the season? I mean, I put Kellen Moore there. Uh, Kellen Moore calling plays. Now, like now we see what this offense looks like with like competent play calling. Scott Linehan wasn't getting it done. Um and they're running like a lot of Boise concepts, you know. Um he's uh, he's he's brought that offense until like, you know, this century, okay? You know, they're running RPOs. Dak is having the ability to throw downfield. They've schemed up throws for him. Amari's um, getting open. Amari is open. Great. You know, they're able to rotate their backs. Like, look, Dak has been fantastic. He's making plays not just making the schemed-up throws. Um, you know, he's placed himself in that discussion. He's going to get paid. That man is going to and, get paid. And that is why I said I said this two months ago, if you're Dallas, you let Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott go into this year and you don't extend one of them, you're running a real risk of being in trouble because now what is the incentive for either one of those guys to sign a deal? And I know that there's, you know, there's a workaround where typically you'd be able to just, you know, uh, you wouldn't be able to franchise um, one guy, but you'd have to choose, basically. You can only franchise one right. guy. But even the alternative to that is not, like, ideal. Like, they should have signed one of these guys before the season. They probably should have signed a quarterback. I respect Dak for betting on himself, though. That, oh, that yeah. is a gutsy move because you never blame know how the it's going to go. I blame the Cowboys. Like, good for him. You, you got to, like, yo, you see the Carson Wentz contract? Right. Give him more than that. Call it a day. Like, now you're in trouble. Like He's now, thirty-five. Now people he, laughed at him. Oh, He's at least, it. oh, at least now, like let him keep up at this pace. He's gonna get more than Wentz. Mm-hmm. You know, he he has a case to get more than golf. He's gonna get more than golf. You know, the longer this thing goes, if, if he has a huge season, I mean, he could ask for crazy money and he might get it. Next game, I want to dive into Broncos and the Packers. The Packers are three and zero, but it's been the defense actually, surprisingly, they're fantastic. That's been really good for them hey, so far this BK, season. Listen, I watch. Look, again, I watch a lot of football. Packers defensive front is for real, okay? They are well-schemed, right? They execute stunts and blitzes, like, really well. And, like, their ends between Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Zedarius. and Zadarius, bro, they get after it. And Jair Alexander's Go, awesome. Go, yes. He With the Marcus awesome. Peters uh, strip, like, yes. Their, their defense is for real. Like, that's the team that – if I want to judge how good offense is, I'm gonna watch them against the Packers. So, yeah, like I, we Packers are a team. This year. Listen, the Packers are a team to worry about here. This is a good football team. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers is starting to take to this Sean McVay-ish offense with his back to the defense and the play action, and he's still getting out and doing Aaron Rodgers things. But I think the more success they have as a team. He's starting to buy in. That's a lot of trouble for the rest of the league. All right, the other side of that game, we got to talk on the touch on this briefly. We're really living in a world where the Broncos, with Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller, one of the best fronts in the NFL, and one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, and Vic Fangio. Vaughn Miller still play for the the Broncos. Zero sacks and zero takeaways in the first three games for the first time in NFL history. That's impossible. I haven't seen a Vaughn Miller highlight over the first three weeks of the season. So, like, I'm just telling you, like, you, (laughs) there's something going on up there. 
Because there's no way Vic Fangio should have an, a defense by now that hasn't created a sack or, or a turnover. That's absurd. How much money would you have bet that that wouldn't happen? It'd be impossible. Season, right? Like, so, like, yeah, the Broncos are in trouble, and they're like one more loss away from the season from hell. And they've got a quarterback that has no future, and the quarterback that they want to see out there is he needs more on time. IR. Yeah, so he, he, he needs good. more time too. Right. right. So, like, I will tell you this. Um, one guy that's actually a lot of fun to watch on Denver is Phillip Lindsay. He is superb. Phillip Lindsay is great. Nobody runs harder than Phillip Lindsay. He's a little guy, but he is the only redeeming thing about watching the Denver Broncos right now. That much I can tell you. There were two games that, frankly, I didn't understand because I maybe I didn't understand them, Therese, because I'm just on the wrong side of a couple of these teams. The Colts and the Falcons and the Lions and the Eagles. The Colts looked better than the Falcons on Sunday. They did. And the Lions looked better than the Eagles on Sunday. I have, a, I have explanations for you. <laughs> Go for it, because I don't understand it. The Colts won because they're better coached, right? Frank Reich, I entrust way, I trust him way more than Dan Quinn at this point. Dan Quinn fired a lot of his defensive staff. Um, they're not better for it, okay? You know, this is still a team that... Yeah, they lost Keanu Neal. You know, it, they're just, they're not better for it. And um, Frank Reich, meanwhile, they lose Andrew Luck, but... They know what they have in Jacoby Brissett. Low-key, his numbers are pretty good this yep. year. And they have built this team around the play action, which he is good at. They run the football. You want another guy to watch. It's a lot of fun. Marlon Mack is sensational. Like, it, hey, they got stuff there. He's in getting Indy. involved in the yeah. passing game now, too. That was the one yeah. question in yep. the past. But now he's he's great at that as well. My man. So, Eagles, just this simple. They're beat up offensively. Deshaun Jackson hurt. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey hurt. Um, I also want to give credit to the Lions, too, like, the, the way they blew that first game, ending with a tie instead of a win that they should have had, to come back and win the next two games against the, the Chargers and the Eagles, you know, give the give the Lions credit. You know, Matt Patricia, I know he's working his tail off to try and turn it around. Some doubts about whether that can happen because we know, like, players don't, like, like some of the stuff he's doing. But, you know, this is the kind of start for him that kind of gets – that makes it easier to buy in. Few quick hitters left as we go around the NFL. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Deshaun Watson, the difference for the Texans going he's up superb. over the Chargers. He looks oh. amazing this oh year. Oh my God. He he he's another guy. Like he's he's got the Mahomes escape artist gene. He gets in trouble. With a little bin mixed in too. Because he's a little he holds it. He, he's a little, you know, he doesn't always see it. But like he he's good at avoiding it, but he's completely willing to take the punishment, right? So that's what I mean. Um most of the time, that's a good thing because it, it gives receivers more time to get open. It's a scramble drill. He's fantastic. And just imagine being the Bears when, <laughs> I mean, most people like Deshaun Watson more than Trubisky. Like, saying they should have taken Mahomes now, is that's a little hindsight is 2020. But, like, most people could see Watson was a better player. If the Bears have Watson, I mean, they 13-3 and three team, you know, like, I, it, that must – Trubisky's got to get it together, man. Last thing for you, Therese, where are the wins coming for the Browns? I looked at their schedule earlier today. I don't see a whole lot of wins it's coming a tough up over schedule, the next few man. weeks. That ain't going to be pretty. Hey, the, the the only thing they've got going for them is that most of their offensive skill talents still healthy except for David Njoku. Uh, but the offensive line, hey, man, they didn't – they didn't – they Baker's getting hit too much, okay? And – um. The, between that and the play calling offensively, they got some serious issues. That's a that's a that's a city that hasn't had a lot of football success. Things are gonna start turning pretty negative there pretty soon if they lose one more game. 
We got two minutes to go. Therese Paler is one of the best in the business. You guys had some questions for him. Let's get to a couple of these, Therese, on the Protein House Eat with a Purpose text line at 69306. I love this one. How does Honey Badger's leadership compare to that of Eric Berry when Berry was healthy, in your opinion? It's, it's, it's a little bit of the same, just the respect for what the guy is and what he's been through. Um, it's just Badger's a little more talkative. You know, Barry's always been – like, he – his words meant so much because of what he came back from and because he was, like, a genuinely good dude. Like, you know, Barry reached Peters. Like, he just did. Like, Marcus respected him. You know, that that's, that's that says a lot about Eric Barry because, you know, you know, Marcus is a real dude. Like, he's not always going to like everybody. If you, But he liked him. But, look, it's similar just because guys respect what they've been through. Uh, but I think Badger's a little more talkative and willing to take that on. Last question for you. Yesterday, it was reported that Jalen Ramsey ain't showing up today because Jalen <laughs> Ramsey's got the flu, apparently. <laughs> and it might not just be today. It might yeah. be the entire week that he decides to miss. You think the Chiefs still need him? I think I think people want to know if I think he'll come here. If he could <laughs> be a Chief. Um, I do think they could use Jalen. He's amazing. He's so physical. He still played really hard on Thursday, they spread it. But just to be clear... Do I think the Chiefs are interested? Yes. Do I see them, like, selling the farm for him? No. I think there's got to be – I think I think some things have to happen to make this – that risk worth the reward, whether it's on him bending on the contract, right, needing an immediate extension, or the the, the, the Jaguars bending on their – what they demand um, via compensation. And then there's some other teams in the mix here, too. So it's pretty unlikely uh, – it, it can't – other teams would have to just kind of be bluffing, I think, to make it work. That's what we got for you tonight. We'll be back next week. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. This has been the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 